Greetings, my friends, and welcome to another Mediascope Brief. My name is Tachi, and I bring you the best in media tech and pop culture news. This time, we're talking a little bit of social media in the form of Snapchat. There's some good news that came about from Snapchat within the past two days, and now... It's really good for brands and publishers, even better than it was before. Why? Because you can link to websites on Snapchat. This hopefully will uh, help marketers gain more organic traffic, according to Adweek. So this, like I said, released just within the past two days. It's a paperclip feature for the platform, and it lets anyone attach a link to a snap before it's shared. This tool gives Snapchat a leg up on Instagram, it's our rival, because Instagram doesn't allow anyone to post a damn thing or any other links other than by putting it in your bio. And this forces everyone to ruin a perfectly good post with the link is in my bio, <laughs> right? So the exception is if you're on Instagram and you have more than 10,000 followers, you can attach links within your Instagram stories that way. So until now, users could only add links if there was a brand that bought an ad and included a way to swipe. However, now this could make it easier for marketers to gain more organic traffic, as I was saying. It's a big win for media companies because now they finally have a way to direct users to their actual websites. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want to start gaining interest on one social platform, but then you also want to drive them to a site you control, to your website. This tool can be accessed by tapping the paperclip icon within Snapchat's cool toolkit, so check it out. Other things that were released, there are two other features that Snapchat released. Along with Paperclip, they released voice filters, and that lets users change the way their voice sounds even when it's not used with a visual lens. And another is Backdrops, and it lets users alter the image, uh, sorry, alter the background of an image to change the designs and the colors behind them. Interesting. Seems like it kind of functions like a green screen effect, right? Last month, the company unveiled the Snap Map, which there have been, there's been a lot of controversy about, which lets users find their friends or be alerted when they're nearby. I don't like that one bit. You know, you can go ghost mode if you don't like that, like I don't. Uh, the latest features are available globally for both iOS and Android devices. So let me know what you think. Are you excited about all these new changes to Snapchat? Truth is, they need to do some things. Again, Instagram slash Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever the hell it is, they copied off of Snapchat. Snapchat rested on their laurels, and now they're trying to play catch up to uh, a platform that was once second fiddle. But I'm kind of excited about some of these changes because I'm an avid Snapchat user. What about you? Are you a Snapchat user? Are you in, or are you more Instagram stories? Are you excited about these features? I'd love to hear what you think about them. So call in and let me know. And you know what? If you're listening to me not on Anchor but someplace else, feel free to tweet me at Tachiada, at T-A-C-H-I-A-D-A. That's the way you can reach me on Twitter. All right, cheers. The Escope Brief, and this time we're talking the Disney Channel and Freeform, which is formerly known as ABC Family. Well, they've lost some viewers. Four million subscribers to be exact over the past three years because kids are increasingly turning to digital entertainment platforms. So this is according to a report in the Wall Street Journal. They noted that ratings for Disney's kids-oriented TV brands are plummeting, while Netflix and YouTube 
are going up because they have become the de facto channels for younger viewers. So ratings for the Disney Channel fell 23% in prime time among its core demographic during the first half of 2017, while Freeform, which targets teen viewers, was down 25%. So this lack of viewing, which means lost eyeballs, means that exposure to and sales for Disney merchandise, clothes and toy, uh, clothes, toys, etc., it's going to suffer. Another reason for this fledgling viewership is that neither one of the channels has a new hit show or some sort of breakout series in the past year. Some bigger bets, including Disney's I Didn't Do It and Best Friends Whenever and Freeform's Guilt and Dead of Summer, failed to catch on. So not everything that's Disney is ratings gold, apparently. So Disney is trying to create more digital programming rather than focusing on their TV efforts. This is according to the Wall Street Journal again. And TV is the company's biggest maker, so this is a little problematic. It accounts for 30% of revenues and 43% of profits last year, 74% which were generated by ESPN. Disney said that it's soon uh, going to offer its channels, whether individually or bundled together, as a digital package for consumers a la HBO Now. All right, so it will be very intriguing to see how they deal with this loss. Disney is already beefing up their efforts on the digital channels. Let's see what Freeform does. All right, cheers. For this Mediascope Brief, I'm talking to the cord cutters and the non-cord cutters and the cord nevers. I'm talking to all of you, basically. Very interesting news. There's a report that shows that cord cutters still love Netflix, but Hulu's over-the-top users are more engaged. So this is according to Comscore. They reported back in April that Netflix is the most popular streaming platform among cord cutters. 75% of the -the over-the-top enabled households tune into Netflix on their respective TVs. Now, however, there's new data Data from them that has revealed that while Netflix is still king among OTT or over-the-top users, there's another platform that can claim more engaged users, and that is Hulu. Yes, that's right. So this is uh, Com- Comscore's latest update, and it was shared by Marketing Charts. They note that the average viewing day for a typical Hulu household includes more than a half hour of additional watch time compared to Netflix, YouTube, and Amazon Prime households. Netflix accounts still account for more over-the-top viewing hours than all of the services that I just mentioned. But since there are more Netflix subscribers than Hulu subscribers, Hulu is driving more engagement per over-the-top enabled user. So among the consumers that Comscore tracked, the average Hulu session lasted for 2.9 hours per household per viewing day, which put on the online video industry's green machine, Hulu, ahead of Netflix. Netflix was 2.2 hours, YouTube was 2.1 hours, and Amazon Prime, two hours. Interesting. So. Should Hulu begin to approach the level of American market saturation that Netflix has, its over-the-top watch time gap will likely shrink. Still, regardless, um, given how important the engagement is within the online video world, Hulu should be happy with these results. Okay, so I want to know from you, what over-the-top services do you have? 
I don't know anybody, even if you've got a traditional cable devil cable package, you probably have Netflix, you may have Hulu, you may have Amazon Prime. I've got Netflix and I've got Amazon Prime, and when there are free trials, I try the other things. <laughs> what do you have and what do you swear by? We've talked about over the top before. Some of you called in. I don't mind if you call in again, but I'm really interested to know what over the top services you are using and do you use Hulu? Are you watching The Handmaid's Tale? That's one reason a lot of people got Hulu, because they heard how good it was. So, sound off, let me know. We'll talk later. Cheers. You guessed it. It's time for another Caller You Say What, the segment where callers call in and leave their comments, and I'll answer you back. So, last night was Mediascope. We had an absolute blast. Of course, we were on Busker and Facebook Live and Periscope, Facebook Live and Periscope at the same time. So it's like a party on live stream. You've got to join us. So we had one of the anchor family that did join us yesterday. Actually, there were a couple, but a, a new anchorite who joined us. Frugal Blurred was there yesterday, and she called in with this lovely message. Let's hear what she has to say. Hey, Tachi, just wanted to stop by and say, what's up? Oh, man, I stopped by and checked in your Periscope um, live stream. That was the first time ever that I used Periscope. I actually just downloaded it yesterday, and I got a notification from you um, saying that you were live. And I was like, oh, let me go check it out. And sure enough, there you were. And I must say, first off, your home is beautiful. I was so distracted by the chocolate eye candy in the background. <laughs> Oh, but I did it thoroughly enjoy your show and I would love to hear your thoughts on, um, I don't know if you heard of this ring called token. Um, I, I saw it on, um, Facebook, I think I've seen a video about it. Anyway, I just want to know your thoughts on that. Maybe something to talk about on Mediascope. Maybe not. I don't know. Just stop by to say hello. Rugal Blurred, thank you so much for stopping by Mediascope yesterday. I hope you felt warm and welcomed. You are now officially a part of the Mediascope family, and I hope to see you again. So thank you for that. And then you were asking about the token ring. I actually have heard about it. It came out yesterday. And if you, so for everybody else, the token ring is actually a ring, okay? It can be paired with different devices like cards and keys. You would scan your fingerprint in to use the ring and then you'd have to do gestures to enact it. And if the ring is lost, it can't be used by other people because you would have to do these very various gestures for authentication. So it's created by researchers. It's a smart ring that actually fits on uh, your finger, right? And it allows for you to make payments, start your computer, unlock your house, and other things with the wave of a finger. $250 if you are <laughs> interested in it. And like I said, it's not really an easy target for thieves because it only works when your identity is verified. So it comes in, It's just it not just comes in, it is sterling silver and integrated with MasterCard, Microsoft, Visa, and FitPay. And you can swipe your finger and make payments. It contains a fingerprint sensor and an optimal proximity sensor to make sure that only you the owner can use it and through an app you can pair the ring and your biometric information with other devices so the name of the yeah the name of the company is actually called token 
I hope you enjoy because I won't be using that. I'm so skeptical of some of these things. I Here's the thing. If everything is in one place, to me it's encouraging, it's it's convenient and I think it's neat, but I like to it's encouraging me to remember things. What what brain exercise do you have anymore? At least if I can remember keys, wallet, per- I have at least some some brain exercise, okay? Not everybody's using Lumosity. Anyway, <laughs> so once again, Frugal Blurred, thank you for stopping by the Mediascope family room. And also, thank you for bringing up Token. All right. Cheers. That move uh, by Disney to uh, offer their channels in a bundle has been going on for some time. They've been looking at the success CBS has had with their all access, as you know, uh, you can get their all access package, which is pretty much everything that's on CBS, plus old programs, plus some movies and things like that, plus live TV if it's available in your market for $5.99 with a limited amount of commercials, no commercials, $9.99. I think the pricing is going to be just like that, uh, at least for ABC. Uh, with um, ESPN probably higher price because of all the stuff they're contracted to. So we may be looking at the future of television here. Don Podcast, thank you so much for calling in, not only about the bundling, but also about this whole Disney thing that we were talking about and Disney Freeform. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The whole Disney bundling thing has been rumored for quite a while, and it's not just Disney. As you said, people have seen the success of some of these other exclusive offerings on channels like CBS All Access. Can I stop for a minute? I'm not that impressed with CBS All Access, although they're one of the top state, the one of the top networks. What do they have <laughs> that I really want to pay $5.99 a month for? I did it. I do like the good fight. I will admit that. Um, and they also do have Star Trek coming up. So that's one thing, but they're smart because if they released everything Netflix style, they would never survive because everybody would watch it, pay for it and watch it and be done. So what they've done is they're releasing things one a week like they're doing on their traditional terrestrial television station. And that's what keeps people going. But I'm like, fraud is always discovered. You can't just keep me because you have two series that I want to watch. What else do you have that is worth me paying money for? So, you know, I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. So, but there are some people that love CBS shows. By my silence, you can tell I don't, I'm not one of them that loves a lot of CBS shows. But like I said, I like the good fight and I'm looking forward to the upcoming uh, Star Trek uh, coming up. What is it called? Star Trek can't remember which one it is. So in any case, I am looking forward to it. And thank you for calling in and giving your thoughts on all of this. Cheers.